to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws, and I am a human, but sometimes humans aren't the right entity to do a job. So I've brought someone along as a guest for this episode who may or may not share that opinion. But honoured guest, could you kindly introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. I am Alan Martin from a company called Vision Reach. Okay, cool. So what does Vision Reach do? Um, Okay, so what we do is find what you need for your business to be more efficient. And I'm glad you started the way you did with um, people and and maybe not having people, um, because for me, people are very much needed. Um, in in a business, you know, a computer, for example, probably doing ourselves out of business now, but a computer hasn't got the relationship skills. You know, that's relationship for me is is really key. And it's the bit that gets you the, the sales in. It's the bit that keeps your customers. Um, and it's the bit that, that fulfills that whole customer experience, um, really. And study after study has shown that, you know, yes, there's the Amazon model, um, where people are are happy, but it comes an ex- uh, a, 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 an expense really, and that's margins. Um, where um, these studies have shown that when you compare businesses that are fully automated, where they don't speak to a human, um, and where they do, and 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 with a business that do speak to a human, they very much prefer that that service, irrespective of of the increase in in cost that that brings. So. Um, so yeah, for me, um, humans are very much, very much needed. But what we do um, at Vision Reach is to understand where you need those, where those, where you need those humans, where they are best placed. So um, what we do is come in, look at your processes, and help you streamline. And that involves bringing in technology um, to get rid of the the inevitable duplication that goes on in businesses, um, all of that effectively time wasting. So you've got more time in front of the customer to build those those relationships that aren't going to get you more sales. You know, there's, um, and uh, forgive me here, Andrew, please, please tell me to, to shut up at the, at the right point because I'll go on forever. Please do. But, you know, <laughs> Automation is absolutely fantastic. You know, you can get more done in a day. It can help you increase your sales. Um, you know, it can de- decrease stresses. It can give you the visibility that you need in, in the business. Um, so make sure you're using that in, in the right areas. You need people. There's two, for, in my opinion, there's two places that you need um, a person. And that's, um, as I've already said, the relationship, which is the sales bit. And, and, and then lastly, it's fulfilling um the the product or the service you know getting that to the customer as quick as you can all of that in between stuff dare i say comes at your cost you know the customer isn't isn't paying for that um, and i do talk after talk uh, actually on on that note about um uh, on the cost of of delivering your your service or product and um you know, the one exercise that we do in this talk is pass around a bit of paper. They each draw a, bit, uh, a picture on it, and and it just illustrates the point that you know it goes through five people or five processes. So five people have, have drawn a, a, a shape or whatever on this bit bit of paper. Now, go out to the customer. They'll pay me ten pounds. Now, if I can do that same picture with two people or two processes instead of the five, 
guess how much the customer is going to give me? They're going to give me £10 for it still. So um, it's it's about what we do is about putting technology in the right places. So, yes, streamline your business, but don't do it at the detriment of, uh, you know, your customer service. So automation is very much kind of human first. And I was trying to think of some examples where I, I mean, listeners know that I'm not hopefully completely ignorant of automation just just because of the nature of my business. But I was trying to think of areas of automation that listeners might might be already doing, perhaps inefficiently, perhaps brilliantly. Um, I just kind of want to bring home to them that they, they might already be doing it. So I've made a few notes here. So automations that I think some businesses might be using without realising their full potential or without realising they even are an automation. So the first one I've got is CRMs. Is that an area that, that you're involved with? Yes. Um, we, we look at all of the processes. So, yeah, CRM is, is very much a... Um, uh an area of ours and and i laugh there because crm is also my pet hate um from the perspective of everyone thinks that they need a crm system now it's not their fault uh, it's it's sales um you know that they've been sold to they've listened to the marketing and they saying everybody needs a sales system uh, sorry crm system um where they don't necessarily because if you're say you work for the trades or you've got field engineers um what you need is what you potentially need is something that will help you schedule that will follow up your invoices that will do all this other stuff help you quote help you do your estimating um where a you get a crm system it's not going to help you with that but what in that case what you need is effectively something like a job management system with a crm element so hopefully that kind of gives an understanding that you don't necessarily need a, a crm system and um sorry to say this to you andrew but even from a marketing perspective, a marketing perspective, a CRM is great, but you need to know the definition of a CRM system, you know, and what you want to achieve with that uh, information. So definition of a CRM system is that black box of, uh, or the traditional one is the, is the black box, black book of um, customer details. Now, you also want to bolt onto there. What have they bought? You know, if you want to do a bit of intelligent marketing based on what they've bought throughout the year or what they're not buying, um, then what you need is the product information that's been sold. Now you're not you go for a CRM system, you're not necessarily going to get that information from a CRM system. You're going to get the contact details, but not what's been sold um, or bought or what they could potentially um, um, buy or what your seasonal trends are. So um your marketing, you need to understand what you need from your marketing. Now, there's a bit of a long-winded answer. I appreciate that. But if you drill it down, if all you're after is what a customer's bought, what they haven't bought, the customer information and their contact details, well, guess what? You're potentially going to get that from your stock management system or your manufacturing system or your job management system that's already there. So, even from a marketing perspective, don't necessarily think you need to target a CRM system. What you need is a system that's going to provide you the information that you require to do your marketing properly. So that is a classic case of what you said about people, um, sorry, it might have been before we started recording, you said about companies buying software they think is going to solve all their problems only to find they've set off down the wrong path. I mean, CRMs is, is a bit of a bugbear for me as well, because 
it took me years to figure out why a small business might want a CRM. I can appreciate that very large large businesses can use it to make sure they're they're providing a consistent service. Or, for example, if somebody rings up with an issue that a colleague will be able to see the case and see what's going on and be able to support them better, I get that. But I have, in my, in my career, I've been through, I don't know, three or four Salesforce presentations and every single one of them, within a minute, I just thought, this is completely useless to me or my clients. It's not going to solve the need. It, it, I know it's constantly evolving, so that since I last looked at it, it might be different. I'm not just deliberately kind of crapping on Salesforce here. Um, but it was only it was only when I started working with a client who used a CRM in a very particular way and used a lot of integrations to bring information in from other parts of the business that suddenly the penny dropped. I mean, I do use one now, but I don't use one because I think it's got to be used. I use it for, I'm not going to trouble you with, with what I use it for, but it, it's become very, very useful, but it's it's a very, very simple system. Because you were saying earlier about it, all businesses have processes. So if you are making pizzas, you have a process. If you're making huge machinery, you have a process. If you're, even if you've got a kebab shop and you're handing over a plate of chips, that there is still a process involved in that. So I'm I'm really interested to kind of explore a bit more why CRMs are bad. And I, I don't mean to sort of, I'm not just adding fuel to your fire here because sometimes they can be great, but I'm very cautious around automations that create more work for the humans. Everything's, as you say, human first. So what what would be, we're getting into really deep stuff already here, but what would be a warning sign if you went to go and visit a business and you saw them using a system like a CRM let's, you know, or some other system that was entirely the wrong choice. What what, what are the warning signs? Uh, the warning signs are they're still doing a lot out of system, and I mean every business loves Excel. Um, that for me is a massive warning sign that you haven't got the right system if you need to be going out of the system. Um, and regardless of where in that chain, I know we've we've mentioned quite a bit about CRM, but. If you even during your order processing or um, or even in the in the fulfillment, if you need to do something outside of the system that you've spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and invested a lot into um, doing uh, and getting right and working for your business, if you're still doing stuff outside of the business, that is a massive red flag that you either are not reaping the uh, the, the rewards and maximising what you've got. Um, and, and you need and you need training or answer that question can it actually do what you need or you've got the wrong tool yeah it's it's an interesting thing I, I can see that it, it might be challenging if you go into an established business and the they have invested money and time in a system which everyone's trained on and everyone's doing you know filling in the part of the system that they think is best for them and you say do you know what you don't need half of this this process, I can see that it might be a challenge. We we have a saying, and I write books, and with fiction books, we always have this saying of "kill your darlings," which means just because you think something's great and you spent a lot of time on it, doesn't mean anyone else is going to appreciate it, and it certainly doesn't mean it's the best tool for the job. So I, I can see that, yeah, gathering data in a, in the system or a bit of software and then pulling it out into into a spreadsheet. I tell you what, I've been there. When I, when I first started doing SEO a long time ago, we used a certain tool for, for gathering metrics about keywords, for example. And the only export from that software was 
a CSV or a spreadsheet, which you then had to, to edit there. Then you had to take the information from that system and put it into a different bit of software. And that bit of software would do some work on your data. Then you had to get it out as a CSV again. And the process was about seven steps. And then some software called SEMrush came along, which I, I talk about probably more than I should on this podcast. But SEMrush came along and just put all of these things in one. It's one one platform that you put your data in. It does those bits for you. And, oh, my goodness, it saved me hours and, and hours per month. But I, I just want to touch upon um, two things that you said there, Andrew, if, if I may, that um, you said about, um, you know, somebody thinking it's a good idea, um, a particular system that they've got, um, and where others um don't either know about it or are you know their input isn't captured that's the biggest mistake and if you don't get the whole we do a whole um change management piece right at the beginning before the sales process even starts um which sounds interesting hey you know it's cool now i'm i'm, I'm gripped carry on <laughs> <laughs> and um the um the one of the biggest failures is that also you could end up with you could have chosen the right system for your business but if if everyone doesn't have an input everybody that's using it doesn't get an input into how it's working how it's going to work and how it continuously to works uh continuously works for the business then it's just it's going to fail and that investment is not going to work for you and then i tell you what they're then going to hop onto and look for another system they could have and I said this at the beginning, we, we identify uh, whether they've got the right tools, but, you know, 50, 60 percent of, of our clients have already got the right tools in there. They just don't get the input from the rest of the rest of the business and allow other people to use the business because what they'll get is the other areas going, oh, this is rubbish. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. But do you know what? It can, if you're given the input, it could have worked and it, and it would be uh, it would be brilliant. Um, so um, point number one is basically get everyone in the business involved because the system needs to work, not only work for them, um, but it also needs to work for their capabilities and a whole bunch of other stuff that I could talk all day about. Um, and um, I said two points, didn't I? I'm not, I'm not counting, just <laughs> carry on. Um and yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to the second point. Um, I lost myself in, in, in that bit. Okay, um, no problem. So it's buy-in is really important. So, I mean, I have an example. Um, I was in a factory and there was a very manual process machine. And somebody I was working with was, was talking about bringing an automated version. I know this is machinery, but it's still systems and processes. And the operator of the very manual machine wasn't happy because he said, well, it's I'm not going to have to do anything. But when the machine came in, he was thrilled because he realised what it actually meant. Is his role had changed, but they'd worked really hard to get that operator to buy into it and to it not only accept the change, but kind of become a champion for it. And this particular machine, the operator became such a fan of it, my client would, would send people, you know, their potential customers, to go and speak to him and say, look, yeah, if you're worried about change, go speak to this guy. He's, he's not a stooge. He's not under our employment. But the buy-in was so deep that he became a, a complete you know, champion for it. Do you know, we, I, I mentioned that, that, that whole business change piece that we do even before the, the sales bit um, kicks off. 
It's that exactly. That's how you're going to get sustainable change. So yes, we do a lot of systems, and to be honest, eighty nine percent of our work is is putting in a new system, new new software, going out, making that selection process for the customer. Um, but what the number one rule, and I keep saying this, I said it before, is bring your people along, and mm. to, to get sustainable change, there needs to be personable or personal benefit to everyone that's using it so that that example that you gave is absolutely brilliant you know if they're going to introduce something that doesn't do much for them they're not going to use it they're going to resist it um but if you there's there's always something that everyone doesn't like about their job uh, and generally it's the time that it, it absorbs so you give them a, a quicker way get rid of the headaches the bits that they don't like um that's how you get them using it that's how you make the change sustainable um and as you've already said you know the that that guy went on to to do other things that's exactly why business change you know i never i've never ever made anyone redundant although i think there was one business that 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 had to for for other reasons but when we when we've we've you're, you're so transparent i love your honesty with these things yes I, I think it's important i think that you know a lot of people go and especially in today's age they go oh i won't have a job or you're getting rid of jobs not one person I've, as a result of what we've done we've never made anyone redundant because what they've actually done or made their role redundant well we've made the role redundant but not the not the person um because what we as again as part of the change process we make sure that there's there's room for them to move into something else so um uh, we went into a business we improved their um their their order processing uh, by 63 percent wow. okay um which was um, an absolutely amazing achievement even even for us i've got to hold my hands up there um but what it meant was that time saving that resource they can now push that into the sales bit into that customer focus bit into the fulfilling bit of you know the bit that a machine couldn't do or a, a software couldn't do um, and they actually went into a role that they really loved because they were they were impacting the business massively. You know, this person moved into sales and then the sales went up. You know, they reaped the rewards from from bonuses and the business growth and and, and stability of the business, um, which means that they had a future in the in the business. So, you know, it's it's not about getting rid of heads some businesses it is you know a lot of especially the big businesses and that's one thing i've got to say is that you know the big businesses are the worst ones they're always carrying um dare i say dead weight it's probably the wrong term but um you know they, they are carrying a lot of weight that that they don't need but the same applies to them you know but they're very heavy on the on the head count in 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 big businesses it doesn't mean that you have to get rid of them some businesses but uh, particularly if they're you know owned by venture capitalists they are looking for a saving um but i'm going into dangerous territory now i have to be careful <laughs> um but you know there, there's what i'm saying is even for the business owner it's if you look at this from a money perspective taking away you know the the, the people personal perspective because it is dangerous ground you know if you look at this from a money perspective where do you want to spend your money do you want to spend invest your money as a business owner um into areas that help you increase your sales uh, and and get more business or do you want to invest it in something that actually do you know what is a cost it doesn't make you any money uh, and and that's the um you know one of the key things for me as well where is it that you want to be spending the money 
Hey, sorry for interrupting, but we've got something neat for you. If you want to put some of the things you've heard in the podcast into action, we've created a free workbook for you. It's called Build Your Digital Marketing Battle Plan, and you can download it for free at internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan. And that battle plan's all one word. So internetmarketingforhumans.com forward slash battle plan for your free workbook to take you through seven simple steps to get your digital marketing up to speed and ready for action. Okay, back to the show. Cheers. Yeah, because with any business, and I mean, this in my mind very much applies to the one-man band all the way up to you know huge mega corporations but yeah there's two ways of spending money isn't there there's spending money that makes you money and dead money and generally we try and try and avoid spending dead money on anything at all even down to like the cliche is that your your accountant should make you more money than he costs you and if you kind of apply that to we keep kind of talking very sort of vaguely around processes but it's very hard i guess to sort of give specific examples because what i'm understanding now having spoken to you more is that it's not about these are the tools you know this is the set of hammers and wrenches we use it's very much more about the human first aspect and 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 bringing about real positive change so i can see why there's there's not sort of specific examples that we're talking about here do you know what if i came onto your podcast or i went out to our customers and went Yep, you need to buy our CRM system or you need to buy our manufacturing system or job management system or whatever. We become another software provider that's that's forcing their solution onto your business. And dare I say, I'm going to bring Salesforce up again. Sorry, Andrew. Um, <laughs> dare I say, you know, Salesforce, fantastic tool. However, there is a whole ecosystem around Salesforce. And once you're in there, you um, are then um, needing to spend more money to adapt it. You know, customization is is great, but it comes at, at a at a huge cost. Um, so it's important to um, for us to be very different um, and give you that opportunity or give you that somebody that goes. Okay, what does what do your what does your business actually need? Do you actually need what Salesforce gives you? Do you actually need what um, you know Unleashed gives you? Do you? I'm going to spit out a load of names, but you know that for me is is important. I don't want us to be another software company. There's a hundred and well, there's a million software companies out there that will quite happily sell you their solution, um, but. For me, it's about being different and it's about finding the right tools for your business. So so you're, you're quite kind of agnostic then when it comes to the actual software. I know it goes so much beyond software and I'm almost kind of wincing when I just keep mentioning software because it's clearly much, much bigger than that. So you're kind of fairly agnostic. You must have, between you, between everyone at Vision Reach, your company, there must be a fair range of skills. There is a huge amount of knowledge, um, especially now, you know, we are not, I'm going to deal with the elephant in the room. We're not experts in every software. We know about the software and what it can do and those main problems that every business has. Um, we know which solution is is best aligned um, uh, for them. Um, and then we, we that will help us narrow it down a lot quicker. But then what we do is get the sales teams involved that we know and the partner teams that we know very well um, that won't 
um, dare I say, give us all of that BS because yeah. it doesn't work on us. <laughs> so you are you are, you are like the guardians, the guardians of of you're the anti nonsense brigade. Yeah, yeah. on your website. You know it, it, it doesn't, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, we're sorting that out. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that goes on there. But yeah, it's, it, there's just um, so much, um, there are so rubbish involved in, in sales, particularly software sales. But um, just to change the uh, subject, because you've said about, you know, we're having a bit of a discussion around software. It's not just software. And I'm going to give you um, one example where uh, we went into a business and they um it's quite funny actually um we looked at their process and you know what they did was they they got the order they went to the shelf got the product off the shelf put it in the box put the put the um went to the computer sorry printed the delivery note and printed the uh created a label and, and printed the label and went to the box put the put the delivery note in and put the label on the box and I said, do you need that label? And they went, well, you know, fair answer. The courier needs to know where to go. Yeah. Um, it's, but I said, watch this. So we took the delivery note out of the transparent envelope that was on the box, folded it the other way so the delivery note, uh, delivery address was showing and put it in and went, there you go. You don't need a label anymore. Now, <laughs> when you did the maths, and sorry for anybody that's listened to this that saw my talk because I used this ex exact example, each label, when we timed it, was 30 seconds per label. These guys shipped hundreds a day. Um, they were actually about 350, 450. But in the talk that I did, because it was easier for me to work out at the time, we used 200, 200 boxes a day, which is an hour and 40 minutes, I think, 50, um, straight away. And that's not introducing any software. That's just questioning why are we doing that? We've taken a step out, so it's made everybody's life easier. Processing time is a lot quicker. And yeah, an hour and forty minutes um, from the person that was processing it. So it is. So it's a fresh perspective sometimes, as much as anything else. It's that that lo looking at challenging perceived norms, I guess, or, or or challenging the classic kind of. Well, that's just the way we do it. Why? And do you know what? And and this 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 is going to sound a little bit contradictory the best sustainable change that you're going to get is bringing the people along the journey and, and having them recommend what you, um, what the business should do and implement those recommendations. You know, change comes from, comes from within. Mm -hmm. So you need to listen to the, to the people that's, that's doing the job. Um, but also there's this other element to that where you don't necessarily see what's going on in right in front of you. You tend to do it without questioning it and without thinking about it so as much as i say to people tell me what you don't you like what should you get rid of what what takes too long um I'm giving away my secrets now um <laughs> you know sometimes they're not going to see it which is why an external process review is 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 important now if you've got somebody within the business that can be in effect external from the process fantastic um but my point is that you know you're not going to think of everything as an improvement if you're stuck in it. I don't of, of my own business, you know, that my team members don't. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to have a, a set of eyes, uh, a different set of eyes now and again, where you haven't been doing it for 20 years and, you know, think that's the only way to do it. No, that's cool. This is the sort of thing that I find, find gen genuinely exciting because the, these sort of things aren't, they're efficiencies 
and they can result in more profit and a happier workforce and minimizing human errors sometimes if, if there's a, a human part to a process and they can improve collaboration within team all this really really great stuff but one of the things that in challenging times i think make it particularly essential is that efficiencies and systems can make a business stable they can save a business i guess uh, if you kind of take it to its its kind of harshest point that if for example, as margins go down and down in any type of business, not not just manufacturing, not just information, insurance, as as margins are squeezed and, and very competitive markets are working on thinner and thinner margins, I think the companies that fall by the wayside are sometimes the ones who, who haven't taken a moment to stop and really look at where systems can be improved. This is I just total guess guessing here, but kind of the things you're telling me, I just thought how can I take this to its harshest point? And I think that, that that's probably it. If a competitor is, if you're looking at a competitor and saying, how the hell are they doing it for that price? Then perhaps it's time to look inwards. I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here. This is purely like me processing it in my head. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, if we want to be if we want to be harsh, um, and I've I've kind of mentioned that you know the business owner wanting to make money um if you want to take it really harshly forgetting about you know where your margins are being squeezed you can improve your margins your profit through through streamlining by introducing the right the right processes the right the right systems um so if you want to make more money but you can't increase your prices there is another you know there is another way to um to do that and and as i've already alluded to you know if you if you're looking at it from a let's increase our profit perspective, well, that resource that you've just freed up, you can also help increase your sales. So you know you've increased your profits and increased your sales. Fantastic. You know it's it's I would say a win-win. You know it's vision reach. It's my business, but <laughs> um, you know I, I don't want that to come across like oh yeah he's going to say that. But um, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's, it's your profit margins but yeah it you know my my other big thing here is that when you uh, a lot of people think that streamline as you've already said it can it can absolutely save a business it's it's fantastic however again it, it, a bit of a full circle out comes the salesman again because inevitably what people do is go Okay, right. I need to I need to cut down here. Right, let's let's invest a little bit to to save the business, um, and they end up getting the wrong software, mm. and then the mess all the mess doesn't go away. In 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 fact, it builds up. That you know you've got the wrong system, you haven't got the right processes to go with that system or software or vice versa, um, and you end up in more mess. So if you're doing it to save a business, you can end up end up in effect killing the business if you do it wrong. As the same with any 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 bit in business. So um, yes, as I've already said, you could save absolutely use it to to save a business, um, but as long as you do it right. There's um, we're recording this listeners over over Zoom as as is the style these days. And behind me, I'm in my home office. There's a row of skateboards. And when I was younger, I had a really rubbish skateboard with rock hard wheels. And I thought, I'm a rubbish skateboarder because I've got a rubbish skateboard. So I bought a better skateboard, 
but didn't actually invest anything in the skills involved in skateboarding and hurt myself pretty spectacularly. So I chose the tools and it is the right tool, but I didn't put any processes in. I can't believe I'm like referencing my own skateboarding terribleness, but it, it's kind of, it fits. The more I see it all the time, I mean, I'm really into cycling as well. And we, we, we have a sort of a, a phrase, which I think exists in other hobbies of all the gear and no idea, you know, just having the tools doesn't improve the systems at all, does it? No, absolutely. And there's this um, saying, certainly in in my um, back in my day of, of IT. I thought you were going to say skateboarding. Then I won't. I won't use the exact phrase, but and and this is no reflection on your skateboarding skills. And, <laughs> um, but rubbishing. If you put rubbishing, you're going to get rubbish out, and that goes not only with the data that goes into the system, um, but that's also if you're not going to invest in training. Exactly what you kind of alluded to with with your analogy that. If you're not going to teach people how to use it properly, that's going to produce rubbish in and then you're going to get rubbish out. So it's, it's not going to work. So there, there is a whole piece of um, the phrase that I use is don't think that software is going to be the golden bullet. It's not the answer to everything because there's so much more around it. That's just one piece of the, the jigsaw puzzle. You know, you need the right attitudes. You need uh, the right processes. Um, so much more um, around it as well. I um, recorded a podcast for for this series quite a while ago now, and I use I kind of came up with the the phrase that if you have a problem in SEO, and someone's trying to tell you software is the answer, it never is, apart from Semrush, which is great. But yeah, because <laughs> because it's just a band aid. Anything like that, if, if you're not fundamentally changing something. Um, we talked about some some you know some small tweaks here that that have made great great changes like flipping the the packing slip on the on the parcel and things like that and we've talked about some very very wide kind of sweeping cultural changes throughout a whole organisation um, just just as a sort of a wrap up can you do you have sort of a set of tips for the listeners that things they can look at now regardless of the company size regardless of what they do in business. What should they be looking at? What What are the hard questions they should be looking in the mirror and asking themselves? Oh, crikey. <laughs> I did just kind of throw that at you. There was no warning or anything. I think there's two angles. I think from a, um, uh, I mentioned the business change thing that, that starts at the beginning. We ask, we ask three questions. So on a personal um, perspective, you know, go around your teams. Your number one asset if you like are your people and everyone will say that and, and they are so the whole thing of process change ultimately is is to help the people um, and that's what's going to keep them in your business um so we are so on that level we ask three questions what don't you uh, like doing what do you think takes too long and what don't you want to be doing and that's where before we ask that before our sales process even starts um and and that helps us that business change piece starts there and then um so ask that but the important thing is ask those questions and, and make the changes you know give give them a little bit um give them a give them a little something to think actually yeah this things are things are improving um and don't stop um really and uh, but i think as a business do you know what i th i think you uh, you need as a business owner you need to uh, you, you know you should have clarity of your numbers so you should be able to answer you know how much things that we've already said how much um am i making uh, profit wise you know am i am i making enough um 
I think is is the big thing. You know, we we do it all for our li- for for a living for the staff um, and pay their wages. You know, we all work to live really, even if you are a business owner. So um, the big one is 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 your profitability. See if you're if you're actually making money. Um, and I think do you know what the big thing. Um, and one thing I haven't mentioned, which is normally our biggest push, is stress. You know, if you are stressed out or any members of your team are stressed out, that's normally an indicator of actually something needs to change within the process. Um, so, yeah. That's cracking. Um, I'm just making a note of that. <laughs> that That's wonderful clarity. A, a really simple three things to look at there. Um I've really enjoyed this. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope everyone listening has has got something from this. I think if you're listening to this, you probably do need to look at your systems. There, There is no such thing as perfection. One of the interesting things I like that you said there, Alan, was don't stop. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't stop. Continuous improvement is is um, is fantastic, really. Um, you know, you're never going to... Um, Things are never if, – if things remain the same, you're never going to move forward. You know, a lot of things change that are out of your control. You need to be able to adapt to that. There's always new things coming on board that will make your life easier. There's always new services that the business is going to offer, which is why your your processes need to adapt um, as well. There's new um, – you know, the youngsters coming up now, they're more computer literate and have so many fantastic ideas – more than what we could ever uh, think of. So make sure that that you're continuously uh, developing and continuous improvement. If I mentioned earlier, the big businesses, if you look at the big names, especially in automotive, um, but you look at the big names, they've made it because they have the continuous improvement attitudes. You know, small changes um, every so often is is um, is absolutely key to to any business. The automotive industry is is an area, especially sort of the Japanese industry in the seventies and eighties, an area I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with. Somebody I, I used to know, uh, one of my client places, went to go and work for for BMW, and he was heading up a project with a five million pound budget to shave less than a second off one of the processes on the automation line. Five million pounds, and that that's just small fry. If you look at how much companies like Mercedes spend on R and D. And you'll probably find a big proportion of that is on just shaving a few seconds off here and there. It's, it's potent stuff. It's absolutely great. Um, right, Alan, um, before you go, how can people find out more about your good self and, and vision reach? Um, uh, LinkedIn, look for me, Alan Martin or Vision Reach on LinkedIn. We do have a website that's the new ones in the works, uh, www.visionreach.co.uk. Um, or you are more than welcome to give us a call. We're based in Colchester, 01206 645 053. Excellent. Those links will be in the show notes. And I think that about sums it up. Unless there's anything else, I think we could probably talk and talk and talk, but we've got to, we've got to shut the door at some point, I'm afraid, Alan. Okay, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Thank you very much.